For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. make a few comments concerning the difference between the black revolution and the Negro revolution. There's a difference. Are they both the same? And if they're not, what is the difference? What is the difference between a black revolution and a Negro revolution? First, what is a revolution? Sometimes I'm inclined to believe that many of our people are using this word revolution loosely without taking careful consideration what this word actually means and what its historic characteristics are. When you study the historic nature of revolutions, the motive of a revolution, the objective of a revolution and the result of a revolution and the methods used in a revolution. You may change words. You may devise another program. You may change your goal and you may change your mind. Look at the American Revolution in 1776. That revolution was for what? For land. How was it, why did they want land? Independence. How was it carried out? Bloodshed. Number one, it was based on land. The basis of independence. And the only way they could get it was bloodshed. The French Revolution. What was it based on? The land less against the landlord. What was it for? Land. How did they get it? Bloodshed. Was no love lost. Was no compromise. Was no negotiation. I'm telling you, you don't know what a revolution is. Because when you find out what it is, you'll get back in the alley. You'll get out of the way. Revolution. What was it based on? Land. The landless against the landlord. How did they bring it about? Bloodshed. You haven't got a revolution that doesn't involve bloodshed. And you're afraid to bleed. I said you're afraid to bleed. 
long as the white man sent you to Korea, you bled. He sent you to Germany, you bled. He sent you to the South Pacific to fight the Japanese, you bled. You bleed for white people. But when it comes time to seeing your own churches being bombed and little black girls murdered, you haven't got no blood. You bleed when the white man says bleed. You bite when the white man says bite. And you bark when the white man says bark. I hate to say this about us, but it's true. How are you going to be nonviolent in Mississippi as violent as you were in Korea? How can you justify being nonviolent in Mississippi and Alabama when your churches are being bombed and your little girls are being murdered? And at the same time, you're going to get violent with Hitler and Tojo and somebody else that you don't even know. <laughs> if violence is wrong in America, violence is wrong abroad. If it's wrong to be violent, defending black women and black children and black babies and black men, then it's wrong for America to draft us and make us violent abroad in defense of her. And if it is right for America to draft us and teach us how to be violent in defense of her, then it is right for you and me to do whatever is necessary to defend our own people right here in this country. Welcome, everyone, to Tando Radio Show. I am your host, David Wren, and the number to get in on the conversation today is 712-775-7035, and that was the great Malcolm X. And sorry for the technical difficulties, but we're going to jump right into this show, and today's show is revolving around Malcolm X and also the living up to your divine purpose and i brought a special guest on with us today and we're going to jump right into the conversation <laughs> and, the, and the conversation is going to be is going to revolve around are you afraid to bleed and what is your divine purpose and for this i brought a a true brother of, of mine uh lance Sturvin, and this is i tell you lance if you haven't uh heard and and actually uh, an active listener of some of Lance's work, you're missing some great work because this brother, when I say he has his finger on the pulse, he is the pulse. And this brother is so dynamic, and I absolutely love his work, and I love him as as a spirit. And the moment that we first talked, uh, it was earlier, it was last year that Lance and I had first finally gotten, finally gotten to uh, – we were able to communicate to each other, talked over the phone, and was like, I've never not known him my whole life. And this yeah. brother has a real passion and a real yearning for our people. And it's, 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 it's so overflowing that Lance's love is universal. 
and it's sincere. And it's it's someone that I want to in- introduce to you as a brother that I consult in. Uh, there are very few people that I consult in, but this is one brother that I consult in uh, regularly. And if I need at at a time of need, I know that he will always answer the phone with his crazy hours. He just knows it's so funny. He resonates in the way that he'll just wake up and, and like David's about to call me. It's it's amazing. So I want to bring on uh, my brother Lance. Lance, are you there, bro? Yes, I am. Yes, I hey, am. W- welcome, welcome to Tando Radio Show and our Tando listeners, and I just want to introduce you to them. And also, uh, everyone, if you would like to follow Lance, Lance, where where can they follow the great work that you do? Oh, wow. I have, let me just say that I'm a servant of the people. I'm not into the one-man lovemanship as far as I'm concerned. I'm just a servant, and I'm so grateful to you, Brother Dave, for allowing me to be here. That's not corny talk. You know that I speak from the hip. I can yeah. be very vicious when necessary, but it's all based in love. Now, to answer your question, I'm all over the Internet, every social media platform. Um, I'm going to tell you, but I'm just going to say Lance Skurve is where you'll find me everywhere, L-A-N-C-E as in Lance, and Skurve as in S-C-U-R-V as in Victor, Lance Skurve. Now, I'm Lance Skurve on Twitter, Lance Skurve on Facebook, Lance Skurve on YouTube, Lance Skurve on my blog, which is LanceGurve.com. Also, I have an app that's free that you can download and you can hear all the shows, look at all the artwork, read the articles, look at all the videos that I do. And that's the Lance Skurve app. And you can find that at the Google Play Store, the Amazon Store, or the Apple Store, and several others. It's, it's hard not to find me. I make it very easy. And that app is free, and you can download it on any phone that you have, and you can keep up to date because there's stuff that I do that's uploaded every single day on an activism level. Yeah, there. Lance, you put out some – you know, Lance, when I look at some of the great journalistic minds i i would say that you're you're a true uh science of journalism but you're not schooled you're you're highly educated and it's so <laughs> sincere you. and i really appreciate your work because you're able to to really bring out the necessities that will nourish our community in so many facets from it doesn't matter i mean you are a real iconic journal that in the former past tense, you know, before yes, uh, uh, media, you know, because, you know, the, the press, the freedom of the press is the first amendment in the Bill of Rights. It's the yes. first for a very strong reason. It's because it's the press that should call out the problems of society. It's the press mm-hmm. and, and journalism, real journalism should bring about the voice of the people, to, so that your so-called democratic process is legitimate, and that's what I think the greatest gift. That, I mean, the great gift that you have is that you allow the people's needs and the people's demands to be heard, and so that the process of democracy can be sincere. Even though we know that we really don't have democracy here. Uh, in this country, but we can, we can establish democracy through our outcrying and our demands of our voice. And you always seem to have the mic perfectly tuned and in the perfect place so that the people can hear 
and once they hear, they can energize and march on. And I just want to thank you uh, for that, Lance. Thank you so much. I just want to say that isn't it it something that the press is supposed to be about free speech and to liberate the people, but yet it's the press and our communities that are attacked and nullified in their effectiveness, so they become compromised. And the scribes who write for the press and who supply the information and who are supposed to be the go-betweens between the people in the actual uh, uh, platforms of the press, they become compromised because money is passed and favor uh, is offered, and, and we get a warped view. And then we find that we, the people, no matter what community, no matter what faction, we don't have that voice because now the people that we talk to have now become informants and agents for another person's agenda. So this is why I do what I do. I don't even go to the supermarket without keeping a camera and my digital recorder with me. As I walk through my path in life, I just share what I see to the entire world uncompromised. I'm not looking for a dime from anyone. Sure, if anybody wants to donate to my cause, no problem, but I work and I earn, and this is my journey. This is my path. From where I stand, the gifts that I've been given, because I love school, but I've never been to college. I'm a high school guy, but I don't knock those who have gone to school. I just have an undying, relentless passion and an ability creatively to just put things out there and become a common denominator with people that others don't want to blend with. You see, sometimes you have to go to the level lower, higher, sideways to the people who don't have a voice be able to be that transformer, to be the one that can bring it out there and make others see. Because sometimes it's just a matter of seeing what the other person sees. But we're so much in pain, we don't have time to articulate our pain. So our pain looks threatening and people don't want to hear it. So this is what I do. I'm out amongst the people all in my whole day, in my employment, and I must say, I'm a regular blue-collar guy. I was born and raised in New York City. 38 years of my almost 52 years were up there in New York City, and I'll classify myself as a super New Yorker, meaning that I did so many things and traveled so many worlds within that small geographical space that now that I'm down here in Orlando, Florida, where I'm much needed, right. I can see that I worked in the jail, I, I drive a bus, and I, I'm out there with people. I'm not isolated in an office somewhere away from people. I'm in the gritty streets as things happen in the underbelly, underbelly of one of the most uh, uh, popular tourist destinations in the whole world. I can tell you what I see. So it, it's going to be raw. It's going to be unadulterated and uncompromised and uncensored. Sure, people have come to me and said, well, you know, you can make a lot of money doing what you're doing. I said, well, if I can make a lot of money doing what I do to further what I do and keep it original with the original purpose, well, fine. If not, I'll walk alone. And that's what you have to understand in this lifetime. When you're fulfilling your purpose, most often you walk alone. Most often those who smile around you and come around you and like what you do just for the attention you know, they'll come around and applaud you and tell you how much they love you. But when stuff gets hot and when sugar, honey, iced tea hits the fan, they're nowhere to be found. So you must be prepared to walk alone. This is why our brotherly and divine connection, Brother Dave, is so precious to me because we don't have separate conversations. 
we have a continued bond that even if we get busy for days or weeks and don't hear from each other, when we speak, it's a continuation of what we had before. So we continually flow. And this is what we've got to do in our communities, have that connection, have that understanding that we have a purpose and we have a work to be done. Sure, there has been a lot that's been done to us in our communities and in our history here in this country, but now we have to realize that all we have is us. And we are being separated so much, infiltrated mentally by media that's put out here to keep us divided. Because, see, we've become the junkyard of America. We've become the battery of of America. Why do I say that? Well, when other communities want to come on in and find that the streets are lined with gold in America, we're that gold. They suck from us. Everybody makes money from us, but we're not allowed to make money for ourselves. They're taking our young children. They're snatching people up off of the streets. We can't find them, but our organs are being used. This is not some cheap corner chop shop like with a car. These gotta, this has to be people who are professional. You know, we're locked up at a higher rate. So we, we're, 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 we're the fuel that keeps the machine going and generating money, but we can't have anything for ourselves. We can entertain, but other people die with our money in their pockets. So we're necessary, but we're needed to, we have to be kept like coal in that one little container to continue to burn, to keep everything warm and keep everything functional. And I would, it's my hope that maybe I can affect somebody to see beyond that, that we can take the vast resources of us and use it for us, not to go after anybody in some negative way. And of course, yes, we'll always defend ourselves, self-defense, but we'll show how valuable we are to ourselves and to the whole human family if we can fulfill our purpose the way God made us to be. Man, Lance, you know what? Um, we got to get ready to go to a quick break. Uh, just yes. Wanna, oh, oh, my goodness. As you can see, this is why I consult with this brother. <laughs> As you can see how powerful he is, I thank you so much for, for coming in today. You're listening thank to you. Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, if you'd like to talk to Lance and I, you can give us a call at 712-775-7035, and the access code is 660079. Just hit pound after that, and then uh, put yourself in the Q&A, and then hit one, and then I will get to your question. As you can see, this is a powerful show that is about to be brought to you by way of Black Talk Radio. You listen to Tando Radio Show. We'll be right back after this quick message you are tuned in to the black talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com all right welcome back everyone to tando radio show brought to you by black talk radio network i'm your host david Wren, and we have a special guest uh, Lance Gervin, as you heard Lance in the introduction, now that you've heard this brother, you can you realize the harmonic energy that this brother has and how sincere he is, and we're going to go back to him. And today's conversation is, are you fulfilling your design, your divine purpose? And we heard Malcolm said that in the intro, that in the from the intro, the clip was from a speech that Malcolm gave, and it's, are you afraid to bleed? And so often we are afraid to, to, to bleed, 
and we're so afraid to fulfill our divine purpose. And this is what this show is going to be about today. And I, I brought in my man, Lance Skirvin. And as you already heard, you already know that this is one of the most dynamic brothers that you have got to establish a relationship with because he is as, is as approachable as your best friend, your family member that you truly love because this brother has sincere, has a sincere obligation. He's living his divine purpose. You know, one of the things that Lance said is that in the press, they, they sold out for treasure and favor. And, you know, I just want to put, you know, you hear people throw the word sell out a whole lot. Let me tell you what a sellout is, is when you compromise your morality for someone else's agenda. And if you heard Lance, what he said, he said, I will take, but I will not take away from. I will give if I can, if I will give if I can, if everything is giving. It's a whole, it's a whole environment that Lance is speaking of. And and as this brother go as, as we go along in this program today, you're going to see the 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 evolution of how this brother uh, takes in information and what he sees and and why we need to listen to him and why we need to actually support this brother in in all of the work that he does. Because believe me, after a Lance Skirvin, uh show and after uh, uh, some time with Lance, you will you will see the gem that he is and you will rec you will recognize something. He is exactly who you anticipate and you expect someone to be that is doing God's work. That's a great, that's a great calling. So let's get straight into the show. Uh, Lance, just want to thank you for coming on to Tando Radio Show today. And I don't know if you're familiar with the word Tando. You know where it comes from. It's African for love. And I tell you, brother, that that <laughs> serves you to the T. And Today's our conversation, Lance, is we want to talk about the divine purpose. Uh, are we fulfilling our divine purpose? You know, we we've, we've seen so many iconic leaders, um, such as Malcolm, such as Martin, such as Mega Evans, such as you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And you and I were talking, and I want everyone to realize something that these brothers, what made them so extraordinary. Is because everyone else was afraid and ordinary. Everyone else had compromised. They wanted someone to lead them instead of joining with that person and taking on the responsibility for your true brothers and sisters. Because I mean, I believe that the true measure, the true measure of love, is when you can stop living for yourself and start living for the advancement of someone else. And so many of us, we want to ride on the coattails of other people's work, allow them to do all the sacrifice, do all the heavy lifting, take on all of the birds, be our leader. And by doing that, we suppress the leader and the divine purpose that God has given us because it's not just about us individually. The universe works in a sustainable collective effort. And so often we look at so-called leaders and they are they become leaders because we are, we are we run away from our responsibility because it's too heavy we're not it's not comfortable i won't get paid doing that i have to i have to make my living so mm -hmm. i have to keep quiet i can't you know i can't step out on faith i can't say that no this is wrong i can't live my convictions 
but there are some people that refuse to do it. And what we do is that we 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 build them up so much and we put so much burden on them because they're the only ones going out in front and doing things because we're too lazy and we're too afraid and we're too too much of a coward mm-hmm. to take up the sword. And so that's the conversation that I want to have with you, living our divine purpose. And I would ask, as Brother Malcolm asked, are you afraid to bleed? And if you're afraid to bleed, then, as I said to you before, uh, uh, Lance, we are the only species on Earth, after you've been captured, in the moment the gates uh, of, of our oppressor opens the gate that, cont- that holds us in, in bondage, we're the only ones, instead of running out into freedom, will walk out and grab hold of our cage and claim it as our home. <laughs> so, Brother Lance, let's talk about living in divine purpose, and let's talk about some of the iconic uh, brothers and sisters, you know, uh, 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 you know, from Sojourner mm-hmm. to to all of the iconic, you know, leaders that that we've built up. But we really did them a disservice because we were the cowards of the nation. Yes. And so yes. I hate to be that hard, but the only reason why these our conditions remain the same is because there are so few Scotties, there are so few Lances, there are so few Mike, uh, uh, Marcus Jays, there are so few people that are willing to sacrifice it all for the, for the good of everyone else. And that's the real problem. We have lions that are that are being pushed by lambs, and mm. that is a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous thing. And so this is why we have no real progression, and we've had no no real uh, uh, real meaningful gain in our nation. This is why we are in this predicament because. We have, the people have refused to be leaderless, but continue the fight collectively. To, to, at all means, to, to be able to say, you know what, if this means that I don't have a job today, then damn it, so be it. And so this is, this is what we're dealing with, we're contending with. And I would just like to hear from you yes. Yes. on this divine purpose and are you afraid to bleed? Well, personally, I'm not afraid to bleed. I find pleasure in bleeding. I don't mean in any kind of wayward, perverse way. What I mean is that you haven't truly lived until you've bled. That's the only way you know you're alive and you can enjoy life. I have a personal saying that I share with many people is that you cannot enjoy what's sweet until you know what's sour. So, therefore, you can't truly live until you know what it's like to bleed, the bleeding of loss the bleeding of losing a job because you held on to a higher purpose, the bleeding of losing a relationship because you wouldn't compromise your standards, the bleeding of being alone, lonely, but you're never alone because we have the creator, but being alone and learning how to walk alone so that your bleeding is almost a place of comfort because you know that your existence is now validated and justified. And those who don't take the risk never get the win. You see, the other day I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and I'm a big boxing fan, 
and he was asking me, why in the heck does Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao have to make all of these millions of dollars? I said, the reason why they're making this money is because of all they did before, before they got was guaranteed. Look, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of fighters out there who don't know if they're going to make it. And the ones who stuck it through, now you get your reward toward the end, you see? So we have many people on a righteous level, and we're not talking athletics, we're talking liberation, that we feel that we have to have a big name up in lights or we have to be in front of the TV camera to make a difference. And even with what I'm doing in my own personal life, I'm so honored to be here, but again, I'm I'm a servant of the people. I'm that quiet person in the kitchen preparing the meal. I'm that person before the big function who sweeps the floor and makes sure that all the rolls of toilet paper are in place before the crowds come in. So now I'm getting a little spotlight on me, and I'm just going to share that anybody, no matter where they are, they're creating their legacy, which is part of the bigger legacy, because when you do whatever it is that you do to your best ability, it's going to come out eventually that you've added on and you will become an icon. Lots of times we look around and we see and say, well, we don't have the people that we used to have. And I understand exactly what most mean. But me personally, I'm the total representation of everybody that I've ever met that you'll never see. So I have a little bit of piece of that man down the block who, who taught me a little bit of boxing. I have a little piece of my aunt or my mother who showed me how to write correctly or my father who taught me business or the faceless person who taught me a lesson, even when they didn't know that they taught me a lesson, I observed them in a mistake or something good to know where to walk or where not to walk in life. So we're the sum total of our experiences, and we walk with those people, whether they know it or not. So we are to represent. Now we have our time at bat in the game of life, and we've got to take our best shot with all that we've accrued, and most of us will sell out because of narcissistic reasons. We'll take on our gifts and say, I want to be seen. And now the media has found that out about us, how we want to be seen. We want the creature comforts, and we're so narcissistic and carnal, and they use it against us. So that's all it has become now, social media. But who's putting in the work? Who's willing to bleed? Who's willing to sacrifice? Sure, it's nice to be on your program, my brother, and talk, but you know that our conversations in the trenches are just like this. So, so many people out there can talk and, and sound good, but who's putting in the work day in and day out? And that's what we're supposed to do. If you keep the front of your house swept and clean, and I keep the front of my house swept and clean, and we're willing to help each other to keep each other's house swept and clean, our world will be a whole different place, and we'll have heaven on earth. Wow, so true. You know, Lance, it's something that you said that now you'll hear from time to time um, in our community when things go wrong, and, and you know, you would hear you'll hear in our community from time to time, where are all of our black leaders? And in the back of my mind, I don't always say what I think, right? Because I learned a very valuable lesson. My mother used to tell me, be careful what you say because then people will know exactly what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. But it's a couple of times that I've heard people say, where are all of our black leaders? And subconsciously and in the back of my mind, well, just I'll just think, 
and this is usually what I will think, is that you've killed all of our black leaders because you first killed yourself. And because of that, you mm. deserve no redemption because you're not ready because you what it is that you really want is comfort. You don't want freedom. You want comfort from the very oppressor that oppresses you. And this is so important, and I hope it's coming off correctly, because why hasn't things changed? Because you're doing everything the same. Mm-hmm. And we have no black leaders because the black community has killed them. And the the ones that they've killed is the black leader in you. Yes. The black leader in you is the one that you have already assassinated. Is is the black leader in you that you refuse to allow to come out? Is the black leader in you that you re, you re, you will look at and say that the price is too big? I can't do that. You'll look at them and say that they're giants and we are mere ants in their eyes. And that's the reason why we contend with the agenda that we contend with today. And then every so often, there will be one or two people that will stand up and say, you know what, like Jacob and like like Joshua and Caleb, they'll stand to the front and say, we can do it. And then you know what we do? The first thing that we do is we say, go on, we push them mm-hmm. to be destroyed. You know, uh, what they don't tell you about Brother Malcolm, I mean, about Brother Martin, is that Martin was on the edge of a total nervous breakdown mm-hmm. he he was hospitalized many a times because he was dis, he was despondent and suicidal why mm-hmm. was that because he had no real meaningful collective support and what do i mean by that yes there were people there to help him with the agenda with this and that and they marched with him this was the problem this was the problem they allowed the focus to be placed on him instead of the focus being collaborated amongst the people. Yes. With everyone fighting. So when you have, whenever you hear people ask, where are all of our black leaders? You've killed them because you've killed the leader in you. We have to look at and be willing to lose it all because there is no prosperity in captivity. The the mental slavery, the bonds of mental slavery can only be unlocked by you. Those chains can only be locked by you. And I look at the great commitments that Megan Evans had, that, that Huey had, and, and, and all of the, the people that in spite of said, you know what, I will not sit down. I will go forth because hopefully I'll inspire more people to follow. But very few people actually, instead of joining, I wouldn't say follow, I would say join and and collectively do this together, we have to look at ourselves where we really are. We are a nation of cowards. And until we change that, and until we turn around on that, our conditions and our predicaments will never change. And it's, I'm going to say this, and, and I make no apologies for it. 
we have been neutered. And until we stand up for ourselves and develop our own agenda without asking for an Oscar, without asking for a law, without asking for anything from the establishment that has embedded our occupation, until we decide our own agenda and be ready to fight for it and bleed for it, we deserve to stay right where we are. We need to continue to wander in the desert. So, Brother Lance, how do we get out of this? Beautifully said. We've got to detoxify ourselves from this poison culture that's hijacked. This is not us. We've got to come away from it. Everyone else has their communities. Everyone else has their special interests. But we're the only set of people. And this is not an absolute statement because we have individuals from other countries who are black who hold on to their culture, which ties them together in a righteous way. But I'm speaking as a person who was born in America. Of course, we have other connections. I, my father's from Jamaica. My mother was born here. But I was born here. And this is my experience. And from what I see, we're going to have to detoxify ourselves and treat this culture, this hijacked culture, like heroin, like a drug, like a bad meal. And we've got to not consume it ever again. But it's too sweet for some of us to let go. We love, and when I speak, I'm not saying everyone now. I love my people, but I'm not going to sit here and have to make a disclaimer before every statement. So we know I'm not meaning everyone. So I'm going to say it like this. We love filth. We love decadence. Others love us in this state because we can entertain them. We love the worst. We expect the worst of each other. So until we see each other and fall in love with each other again, until we see each other as we should see each other in our brilliance that's buried beneath the decadence, we're never going to come out of this because we view someone else as being brilliant. We view someone else as being the hero that rides off into the sunset, victorious, but never us. There's always something wrong, something that we offer. Well, it looks good, but, you know, you got to check it out because, you know, we don't never do anything good. We've got to come away from that thinking and understand that those who hijack what we were slash are hidden inside got it all from us. We're looking at the watered-down version when we, when we honor and worship our slave master for what he has. You see, it's hijacked. But they went on and mastered it, and we sit here, and we're hating each, each other, killing each other, and we don't see ourselves. We go to the churches and houses of worship, and we say we're, we're what's the saying they say? Uh, 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 blessed and um, 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 blessed highly, and highly favored. favored. Blessed and highly favored, but you go home to a neighborhood in a so-called subpar zip code. You're blessed and highly favored, and you can't even hardly rent furniture. <laughs> it's a center. You know, forget about purchasing a vehicle, which you don't really need, okay, or, or a home, which you do need. You know, uh, we're blessed and highly favored, but we can't tell you what's going on in the world around us more so than just what's on the corner. So how blessed are we in the filth that we are here? And if we do worship a mighty God, why aren't we doing mighty things? 
Mighty Things doesn't just have to be set on a worldly schedule where, well, he, he has hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, so he's doing mighty things. No. Money is important. But you can fulfill your purpose from where you stand. If you look at the woman or the man or whatever in the mirror and say from this day forward, I'm not going to partake in this mind-numbing filth and supporting these entities, whether it's an educational system or, or, or a system of employment or even the, the media. All of this stuff has got to be cleaned out. And let me tell you something. Throwing up, up-chucking, getting rid of this stuff can be very painful. Oh, but when it's out of your system, it's a sweet feeling because now you can be Superman or Superwoman. Do you know, and I'm not patting myself on the shoulder, but I'm using myself as an example. You wouldn't believe the amount of things that I get done in my day in, in comparison to when I used to be caught up somewhat in the world. You don't know how much I've influenced people just from where I stand. And most people who are listening to this right now, they're, who is this guy? We never heard of him before. And most others will never because I'm fulfilling my destiny and I'm playing my position. You see, when you put the TV on at night and you look at the baseball highlights, okay, that person who's playing, uh, uh, um, I forgot the positions, but out out in the outfield, if all the spectacular plays are done uh, around first base and everything else in the outfield, it's forgotten. But only when you see that spectacular play that the outfielder has a has a part in, now we acknowledge him. Don't worry about having the camera or being seen. Do what you have to do because God sees you. Do what you have to do because it's necessary. Every 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 expensive watch has a faceplate, but if you lift that faceplate up, you'll see the wonderful mechanism that's working quietly to bring you that accurate time. You see, so. We have got to get over wanting to all be at the head. Brother Dave, you're doing a wonderful show. I look up to you. You fed me many a day and night. I don't mind being your foot. I don't mind being your hand. If you're the brain, I submit to that. I don't have to feel that I I can do this better than Brother Dave. And So, no, wherever I'm needed, that's the problem. We have leaders. We all are leaders but we all are also servants at the same time. And so we, we, our ego gets involved, see, so we can detoxify off of the system, but we've got to slay and conquer those wayward uh, uh, things inside of ourselves. May I say demons within ourselves to always want to be seen and heard and be number one and be better than this one and it should be me more than that person. This is why most houses of worship are corrupted. But we're blessed and highly favored. If we are, then why are we in the condition that we're in? We're sucking from the wrong nipple, we're eating from the wrong plate, and we're not doing as we should. Because God made me to be great, he made you to be great, and he made everybody listening to this to be great. But why aren't we manifesting the greatness inside of us? Some middle man came in between us, and it's not always the so-called white man. It can be us, and most times at this point, it is us. Listen, I've been through a lot in my lifetime, and, and many thought that I would bloom half a lifetime ago, but I've had to travel through the muck and mire of things that were put on me and things that uh, I did to myself with poor choices sometimes in relationships or on a financial level. 
But I've conquered myself now. And from this point on, I expect nothing but the best. And so we've all got to come through that wilderness experience where we, we feel it on our backside. And after a while, some of us will wake up. But it's sad to say that for many of us, until we let go of this world and want no part of it, and I don't mean living in the wholesome way of life, but this hijacked, satanic, demonic world that's pulled over our eyes that we love so much until we get rid of it and lose our desire for it, we'll always be in the same position. And now I feel so free where I am, fulfilling my purpose. Wow, brother. It's brother Lance, as, as, as always, we're going to get ready to uh, take a, a quick uh, break. Um, you're listening. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, the conversation is why aren't we living? Are we living our divine purpose? And if you think that we are, uh, definitely jump in on the conversation. If you think there are some things that we need to do to live our divine purpose, and our divine purpose is, and when I say that, I, I think of it this way. I don't want to look at someone else and say what their divine purpose is. I have to look inside of me and make the sacrifices that I need to make to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in that divine order. If you'd like to get in on a conversation, please definitely get in. Uh, the, the number is 712-775-7035. The access code is 660079-POUND. And then... Uh, Hit um, star six to mute yourself out and then put yourself inside of the Q&A and then hit one and that will let me know that you would like to uh, get in on the conversation. I'm going to go through the lines. There's a couple of people there. I want to make sure that uh, when we come back after this quick break, you listen to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick momentary break. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show. This is I'm David Wren, your host for the day, and our and our guest is Lance Scurve, and man, fire! <laughs> Lance is always and the thing with Lance is this is sincerely who he is it's, this isn't something that's uh you know that's that's just done because uh we're on the radio and in talking to you this is this man actually lives this daily and has made the sacrifices to 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 show the proof of of his work because his obligation is to you and it's very sincere and because of him i feel that we have a great future now it the thing is that if we can just get people to emulate the sacrifices and the desires uh, and change that to, to more a, to, so that we can really have our true nation, and that has to start from within each and every single one of us. So if you'd like to get on the uh, conversation, we're talking about are we fulfilling our divine purpose? Are you fulfilling your divine purpose? And, and also, where are the black leaders? Uh, and, and I said earlier that we've killed them. We have ourselves because of how we did not take up the same sword and responsibility and obligation of them all. We wanted to ride off of their sacrifices and their commitment. And that's not how you really develop a nation. That's how you destroy a person. And so 
um, because what happens with this whole thing is that when we when you have leaders, you have the opportunity through temptations to destroy them, and there are many uh, people that have been people that have gone before and represented our needs and articulated what our needs were and actually were moving towards energizing the fulfillment in, in the actually nurturing our nation, and they were destroyed because, not because the oppressor destroyed them, it's because we made way for the oppressor to come in and to silence them. And they will always do it. First, they will always give you. They will always, as as Satan did with, with Christ, will always try to tempt you with the spoils of the world. With the spoils of the world. And then if you refuse it, that's when they go to take your life. Why does that happen? How do they get access to our leaders, so-called our leaders? Is because we do not have a leaderless movement. If if we had a leaderless movement, who would you attack? Who would you attach to? Who do you bribe? Who do you tempt? Who do you take up on the mountaintop and offer them the world? There would be no one to take because none of us would go. None of us would go. So I want to um, very quickly, if you would like to get in on the conversation, definitely uh, give us a call at 712-775-7035. And the access code is 660079-POUND. And just uh, put yourself in queue, and then I will just buzz me, and I will definitely get to you. What I want to do quickly is I want to play another just the first 14 minutes of this one video that um, that Gil Noble did about Malcolm. And I want you to see what happened when the, with the FBI and Malcolm. So, um, and I want Lance to, to definitely comment on it, and then we would love to have a dialogue with you um, about the subject today. Uh, and I think because it is so fitting and is one that we really need to have. Uh, so, we're going to listen to this video uh, really quick, the first 14 minutes of it, and then we're going to get it back into the conversation. Yes. Welcome to Like It Is. This edition will focus on the government's surveillance of Malcolm X. We'll also have an interview with two men who spent a lot of time at Malcolm's side as he attempted to elude assassination. We'll hear that harrowing story and more right after these words. The last 15 months of Malcolm X's life were momentous, a time of tremendous personal development and a time when opposing forces converged against him. Up until November of 1963, he had been Elijah Muhammad's first lieutenant in the Nation of Islam, or the Black Muslims, as they were also known. The Muslims were closely watched by government agencies, and Malcolm was a prime surveillance target. Attempts were made to divide this group by infiltrating their ranks and playing one human failing against the other. Now, I have here several pounds of FBI files on Malcolm X alone that support what we say and much, much more. See? Let's take a look at one of these documents. The document is entitled, The Rift Widens Between Elijah Muhammad and His Principal Lieutenant Malcolm X Little. 
Part of it reads, Little has attempted to develop sympathy and backing for his position. Feels that Elijah Muhammad is in his declining years. Would not hesitate one moment to take over the leadership of the nation of Islam. While Muhammad may be getting older, he is far from ready to hand over the reins. The memo concludes with a statement that reads, The attached memo, or memorandum, could possibly widen the rift between Muhammad and Little, and possibly result in Little's expulsion from the nation of Islam. Now, these memos were circulated by the FBI during the period when Malcolm had been silenced for 90 days by Elijah for his comments about President Kennedy's assassination in November of 1963. Interestingly, during this same period of silence, the FBI paid a visit to Malcolm's home in Queens and made some fascinating overtures. Now, it just so happens that Malcolm had installed a hidden microphone in his living room and had taped the conversation. And fortuitously, I acquired that recording. One of his aides, Earl Grant, explained how that hidden microphone came to be. I got him in the habit of recording everything. I even had a little portable tape recorder. Uh, he used to carry around with me, and so I got all those tapes. And so I told him he should have one at his house. But you never know who's gonna come by. Even start taping his telephone calls, you know, so he'd have a record of everything. And so we, we had a very high quality machine. It was under his couch and uh, had a little uh, switch he could click it on. And so that was set up for that kind of eventuality. Mm -hmm. If you ever got any visitors for any kind of reason and, and he wanted a record of what was said, they'd never know he was taping them. All right, how are you here? With the FBI, you have a couple minutes? Like talking? No, a couple minutes. Your name is uh, Beckwith. Beckwith, right? And yours is Fulton. Fulton, right? From which uh, New York? New York. There's only uh, there's only one. Only one here. It's probably what you uh, assumed we we came for to obtain any information you want to give us about the Muslims. Ah, uh, I don't assume anything. No, <laughs> that's a very general statement on my part, but. Uh, as you know, and we follow the activities of the Muslims as best we can. But we're always looking for new avenues of information, and who better than uh, you know than the head of the Muslims? Uh, at least up to a month ago, or something like that. We're wondering uh, how's your suspension status? Uh, no one knows but Mr. Muhammad. You have to ask him. You're still in the, in the status of now. I mean, you're, you're, not, you're, still, you're not working now, uh, teaching now at all. Uh, well, I'm still under the suspension. That's what I meant. That's a temporary thing. As far as we know. That's, he's, the, he's the only one who can give out any information. I, mean, yeah. I, wouldn't, I couldn't say anything beyond what he has said. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think he has said that. Uh, one of the, I'll, I'll be frank with you, one of the, one of the reasons we, this, we picked this particular time to uh, contact you is because of this suspension. The suspension was brought about by my own doing. Yeah, exactly. But uh, who knows what was in your mind when you did receive the suspension. In other words, bitterness could have entered into it. It would not be illogical for someone 
to have spent so many years doing something than be than be suspended. No, it should make him stronger because it makes yeah. him realize that uh, uh, law applies to the law enforcer as well as those who are under the enforcement of the enforcer. Well, you've taken nearly a perfect attitude uh, toward the thing, which uh, is uh, almost uh, unhuman, really. Uh, I mean, you, you've taken the attitude that uh, Mr. Muhammad wants everyone to take if he chastised them. That's and, which is fine. I mean, <laughs> more power to you. But you see from our viewpoint that there's uh, at least a chance, and this has happened with other members of the organization, they're suspended for some reason or other, and we talk to them. And they uh, stand people up there, you know, and they're, of course, cooperative. Why? Because they're bitter. Uh, now, assuming uh, you resume your duties, uh, we would be, as you sure know, interested in having you help us out. Help you out do what? We, we're always helping out the government. We're cleaning, cleaning up all of the uh, crime. <laughs> That uh, fine, fine, fine. we 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 help it out more than it helps itself. We're at least able to reform the people who have been made criminals by this society, right. by the corruption of this society. And any way to help it out other than that, I wouldn't even know how to begin. Well, what we're interested in, uh, basically, are the people who belong the names, the members. My telephone number is OL16320. Uh, okay. OL16320. Now, by this, by this suggestion... That's like telling you the sun shines in the east, from the east. Well, no comment. <laughs> and uh, the teachings, uh, plans, the programs... Uh, no teaching uh, is more public than ours, and I don't think you find anybody more blunt in stating it publicly than we do. No, exactly. I don't think you can go anywhere on this earth and find anybody who expresses their views on matters more candidly than we do. Uh, I can only agree with you. I mean, <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You do. That, the main thing is... Uh, there is a certain area of responsibility. This is getting into our uh, angle of it. What we really want is are the names of all those who belong, the names, who they are, the identification. I don't even know them. Uh, you have, do you keep no records? That's not, not my job. I'm just a preacher. Yeah, but somebody out there keeps the record. I don't know who. I don't have any knowledge of those kinds of things. With all these other responsibilities I've had, it's difficult for me to worry about names. Plus, yeah. you would insult my intelligence asking me for them. You, you, in fact, no, you would insult your own because uh, it would mean that your own intelligence isn't heavy enough to weigh me and know in advance what I'm going to say when you ask that question. Well, without getting into an argument on semantics there, you don't know until you ask. That's not uh, semantics. Uh, uh, that, again, goes into your psychology. We've had people, that, on not this group in particular, other groups. Oh, yes. Who have been just as vociferous against 
what wherever we're investigating is that communists make that make a good uh, case mm -hmm. on it. Communists for twenty years, you know, they hate everything. Uh, go interview them. Yeah, they don't want to go anyway. So you go and knock on the door and go, "Where have you been?" Oh, I want to tell you something. You never know that you ask, and that's happened so many times. Um, sometimes uh, you the word isn't convinced, but sometimes you. Uh, money brings out uh, the information. Uh, I know. Intent to insult you here. According to Dylan, uh, what's his name? The Secretary of Treasury. This yeah. the money. This government's money is in such trouble. Until you can still spend it. <laughs> still, according to uh, your government economists, the dollar itself is in such trouble. A person would be a fool to sell his soul for one of these decreasing dollars. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You'd be a fool to sell your soul if the dollar was increasing. Uh, but this has nothing to do with selling your soul. I mean, if you look at it that way, okay. Yeah, but depends on how you look at it. Sure. You no. insult my intelligence when they, and not only they insult me, period. If they think I would tell them anything. But uh, it, it, it would uh, it would be good, and I think uh, in in many ways it might uh, might be of some benefit to your organization. You know, if, yes. if in fact we can eliminate. There's no government agency that can ever expect any information out of me that's in any way detrimental to any religious group or black group, for that matter, in this country. No government agency. Because they should use that same energy to go and find who bombed that church down there in Alabama. Well, and if they, if the government, if these government agencies spend as much money, and time, and energy, you know what somebody in the South is saying today? If you people would go up north, investigate the Muslims with the same energy you're trying to find this bomb the here. The Muslims don't <laughs> bomb churches. I know. I know. They say that. But still, the Muslims don't bomb churches. No, if we broke laws, they'd have us in jail tomorrow. Okay, everyone, that was uh, Malcolm X. That was Malcolm X being bribed by the the FBI. And Brother Lance, uh, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, and, and so I just want to hear your take of what you heard um, because I would just say that we placed people like Malcolm in that predicament because we didn't insist on a true collective and sincere movement and building of our nation that's leaderless. And I, w I would just surmise it as trick or treat. They always have a trick or a treat. And every day is like Halloween <laughs> for us. And, and we have a insatiable sweet tooth. And I would just ask how many of our black so-called so Social celebrities have utter tooth decay because they wouldn't have done what Malcolm had did there. And mm. Malcolm did what he did and is the reason why they had to get rid of him physically. How many of the so-called social black celebrities, social celebrities, because they're not leading 
the people at all because right. the people don't need a leader. The, the, the people need unity. They need unity. So, and because of that, we placed Malcolm, when I say we, I'm talking about collectively, we, we put, you know, when, when we placed so much emphasis on them instead of being inspired by them to do more, them and, him and Malcolm, him and Martin. And so we allowed for our unity to be to be compromised because we placed it in very few hands instead of us all picking up the shovel. And so when you hear what happened with Malcolm, what brings to your what comes to your mind? What do you think about what you heard and and how would you articulate this, uh, Lance? Well, this is the way they operate. This is the way they think. It's it's two different ways of thinking diametrically opposed to each other. Yet with, when everyone else pumped their fists in the air when Malcolm spoke, attended his rallies, yes, there were some who supported him, but not enough. But the majority left him holding the bag of our, our, our salvation, of what we should be fighting for with him. Of course, he was the head at that particular time of, of the very popular and necessary ideology, which still stands today because the man was very prophetic. Things that he said years ago, everything that he said years ago, decades ago, still holds true today. That's how far ahead he was slash is. And I say is because his energy still resonates in the universe and is still here now to be picked up by brothers like you and I and everyone else who's listening to this phone call. But it shows us that we have got to have a different plan of attack. It shows us that why should we wait until decades go by for certain classified information to be released? And we know that this was Malcolm's recording, but there are things that have yet to be released that won't probably be released in our lifetime, that they'll look back and say, oh, look how the United States government made a move on us. And some of us are so caught up in the process of government and the promise, false promises of government, that we think that we've reached our kumbaya moment today in the present because we have someone in office who looks like us. And so that that washes away all of the sins of yesteryear and in the present day of what's being done to us as a people. And it shows us that we've got to go in on each other, go into a huddle, and we've got to revamp community. We've got to revamp self. We've got to revamp family. Family is being attacked by the state and by the government. It's like we're not allowed to have our families. They profit from us not being a family. And I won't go up that road again. All I'm saying is that that was yesterday. People can say, oh, that was back in the early 60s. No, no, that was yesterday. What you just heard is still the agenda of the United States government, how they operate, and if we still sit up here and just go to our little rallies and our little marches and not be effectively aggressive in our everyday life with every ounce of strength and breath, we're not going to win this thing. But it's predestined that we do. All we have to do is play our position and fulfill our role on a divine level in creation as God made it. Because God's not going to lose, and anything of God is not going to lose. 
I'm not talking about whatever particular religion you follow. I'm talking about God because God is at the base of it, regardless as to what you call it. We've got to have unity. We've got to have communication. And we've got to have an agenda where we all play our positions to fulfill that agenda. And we've all got to be willing to sacrifice. That's the hard part, sacrifice. And, again, let me bear my life to let you all know how I live. I work for what I have. I earn what I have. I'm considered middle class. I am content where I am, not because I'm happy just with less. No, but I understand the pursuit of material items past a certain point doesn't do me or my people any good. I have two bathrooms in my house. I have one backside. I think that's enough. I have several pairs of shoes. I have one pair of feet. I think that's enough. I can go in my backyard and look up at the sun and grow stuff in my garden, which I do, okay? I go to my job. I come home. Me and my wife, we cook our food here. We grow stuff. We are vegans that sometimes have a little fish. I brown bag my food every day, which is usually raw food, okay? This is what keeps me effective, the sacrifice of of the, the food we eat. Okay, if you go out to a restaurant, make sure it's a restaurant that the owner lives in your community and benefits the community, okay? I'm not going to go anywhere. Every move must, every move in my life, aside from slick talk, okay, which is not slick, this is my truth, has to benefit me. So if I'm going to buy shoes somewhere, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, if I'm going to support a business, we've got to have a financial plan. We've got to have a collective plan for our health care. Hey, you listen to a brother like Dr. Umar Johnson. He has it all down. There are a lot of brothers out here that on different levels have our back. We've got to support them instead of supporting these government agents that these networks put up and give a TV show and tell us that that's our leader. So true. You know, so true, uh, Lance. And it's, you know, Freedom is a fight, a fight for prosperity, and it's in its participation, and in, in to participate in in this, your presence is requested. You have to be present in the fight for freedom in order to actually see the benefits of it. And you can't watch it. I I remember, um, you know, my family members telling me that, you know, a lot of the people around Malcolm and a lot of people around Dr. King at that time, they were just there to watch what was going to happen because it was like it it was almost they took an entertainment side of approach to it all because they weren't willing to step out on a lot of things. And and the thing was, by them being there, they got caught up in the fight sometimes, you know, but that told me so much. And, And what it told me was this, is that until you develop your own divine purpose and you stop living for yourself and just stop thinking for yourself, it's easy to find the comforts of life for you, but it will be absent of the, of the necessity for prosperity of mankind. You won't find it there in that lap of luxury. Mm-hmm. It won't be there. It's a constant work and a constant fight. And so often we want to we want to do the easiest thing. We'll support 
we'll send our donations, we'll we'll do some things, but we won't get out in the sun and build a nation in the hot sun and get out in the in the dead of winter when it's cold and do the hard work of building. Yes. That's right. And this is what's what's really needed and that's what our divine purpose listen, it would be a wasteful life if you lived one of all comfort. However long you lived, if you lived if you lived thirty years, you lived a hundred years, you wasted thirty or a hundred years if it was all comfortable and it was all about you. Because all you did was consume. So all you did was consume. And that's what it what it really is when when we look at our divine purpose and how we look at Malcolm and, and Martin, the, the sacrifices that they made, we always forget the most important thing. Did you just admire them because of the elegance and their determination or did they inspire you to do something? If they didn't inspire you to do something, then you didn't know them. You didn't know them and you weren't of them because they were of a spirit that could no longer say enough is enough. I have to do something and I will do whatever the talents that I have I will give it all to the cause to build this nation. And it's our history that our nation builders are always silent. And they're not silenced by an assassin's bullet. They're silenced by the people's energy. The people refuse to energize the movement. They refuse to continue to go on. See, Malcolm should have never been, and I know that that Dr. King was also approached too, on 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 this very same thing. Malcolm should have never been approached by the FBI to bribe him, because if all of us, if we were doing what we were supposed to do collectively without a leader, who should you bribe? Now you can't bribe anyone. You have to negotiate with a nation. I mean, you can't bribe a, a nation. You have to negotiate with them. And that's a position of power, Lance. And so it's so important, Lance, that we understand that the predicament that our condition, the predicament that our people are in is because we've been comfortable where we are and we want someone to fix it for us so that we can be even more comfortable. We're not really fighting for freedom. We're fighting for more comfort. And that's the thing that's that's very dangerous, and that's what's so dangerous. So we really have to get back to our divine purpose, and our divine purpose is to be fruitful and to multiply. Yes, indeed. Be fruitful and to multiply, brother. So now, so in the last 30 minutes of the show, what is it that you think that we really should start doing? What is the everyday person like you, what what were some of the choices that you made? Because I know you worked at a place that you could have been, you know, you could have had great riches, great retirement, and everything else, but <laughs> you chose to not to compromise and to do what you were called to do. And so many of us, how do we answer the call? How do we answer the divine purpose? What did you do to answer your divine purpose and, and recognize what your divine purpose was? I look within. I I looked within. I, I took a hard stance and said to myself, 
there's something missing. I'm not getting fulfillment for my life as it is. I wasn't really way off of the mark. I was doing what most people do. There was a voice inside of me that always spoke Hmm. to me. And I sat down one day and I said, let me listen to this voice. I had talents, but for some reason, it wasn't accepted by the mainstream. And I had multiple talents. And I realized the reason why it wasn't accepted because the way I manifested it was in a way to speak truth and to serve my people. So how can you expect for their platforms to want to embrace you unless you take that away? So I had to look in within myself and say to myself, do I want to go after what's in the world or do I want to manifest what's inside me as a servant of the people so that I can help to be a catalyst to help open eyes? And again, I'm not a person who's a lettered man. I'm a person who is open for truth and understand that there are other people in the world who may have more than I or a different perspective higher than mine. So I wanted to be the middleman. I wanted to be the one to knock on the doors, to have the conversations that may not be recorded, to have the conversations and and, and reach out in a way that will affect people, not just by what I say, but through my example of living. Whatever you know, Whatever you have, take what you know and share it with someone else. When you see someone else, especially one who may look like you, don't look at them like the enemy that your nightly news tries to portray them as. Reach out to them in a sincere way. Hey, brother, how you doing, man? My name is Lance. Um, What are you doing tomorrow? Or what are you doing later on? Oh, I'm not doing much. Well, come on, man, let's go get a bite to eat. Let me rap with you for a second. You're going to get a funny look. So what brother's going to come and talk to me this way unless, you know, he's one of those guys? No. Reach out in a way which will affect them and say, man, this dude didn't know me from Jack. And he went and he took me to a restaurant. Don't have to spend that much. Let's sit down and talk and find out what your world is about, which is really my world, because we're all in the same swimming pool in life. So if one of you or I don't get out to go use the urinal and decide to do it there, we actually go on each other. So we're not getting away. We can physically take ourselves away out of the community, but it's still going to affect us. So go back and do the work that others won't do. Do what you need to do from where you stand and be that example. And you watch. You'll influence people on all levels. Take what you have inside of you. If all you know how to do is scramble the best eggs, teach that. If all you know how to do is to sew, teach that. If all you know how to do is take care of babies, well, ladies and gentlemen, go out there and teach that. We need knowledge shared between each other. We have so there's a I'm gonna start a very small community local AM radio station here where I live in Pine Hills, Florida which now, after white flight, folks in Orlando here who don't look like me call Pine Hills Crime Hills. There is no more crime here than any other part, but they want to start the gentrification process here soon. And it's not happening because the people that I happen to know know the deal. We're staying right here. Beautiful homes, beautiful area. But I'm starting this in several weeks, and it's going to be an extension of what we do online. And I will address local issues here because black radio is being attacked 
that communal radio platform is being attacked. And I think if we have something in this community and others in their community across the country to communicate, because you've got to realize we don't have our own newspapers anymore. We don't have our own forums and radio stations anymore. So those of us who are wise, we need to support these forums. We have to be able to communicate with each other. We know what's going on with Beyonce and Jay-Z. He might have a son out there and his drama in the household, but we don't know what's going on around the corner in our own neighborhood. We don't know that there's a woman around the corner who might be 80 years old living on a, on a limited budget income eating dog food while our cupboards are packed and we're worried about uh, many leaks at the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Isn't that ironic? You know, so we need to reach out hands-on. Leave the car at home. Go out one day. Even if you don't want to go out by yourself, take a few of you. Walk out in the neighborhood and talk to people. Our neighborhoods now are so different than what they used to be. We used to know who our next-door neighbors were. We used to know everybody within three, four, five city blocks around real good, knew what they did for a living, and we didn't even worry when our kids were locked out of the house because there was a good home for them to go to until we came home from work. What happened to that sense of community? Even if we didn't, don't believe or pray the same way, even if we have a dispute, we settle it. Our extended family, we have to look at each other like brothers and sisters, and we've got to go back to loving ourselves. How much do we love ourselves when we're more, more concerned on getting a nose job as opposed to reaching out and making sure all the kids in the neighborhood have, have a childhood? Well, priorities need to be straightened out big time. Again, it comes back to what I first said. We need to detoxify ourselves off of this system and off of this way of thinking and go back to our old African selves where we not feel good living high on the hog when our brothers and sisters don't have a meal to eat. I don't feel good. I can't feel good. So this is why I must do what I do. I do this more than I do my actual so-called government job because this is my passion, reaching people. Find your passion. You don't have to be validated with a brand-new car. You don't have to be validated by, by, by some title coming from some organization that doesn't serve your community. Do what you need to do from where you stand. You don't need lots of money to talk to the next person. You don't need any money at all to show love to the next person, to encourage the next person. Be a giver. It doesn't always mean giving money. You don't, if you don't have the money, you don't have to. Money doesn't always translate into energy. Give no, positive energy. Throw the good energy out into your universe, and it will surely come back. When you smile, most times folks smile back. We all need somebody. God made us to be social creatures, and we need to reach out, cultivate our talents, detoxify off the system. Don't wait for somebody else to come into our communities to fill the gaps. Fill the gaps ourselves. No one else does it. No other community, other community does it. You don't see Asians marching. They don't march on Washington. Of course, their, 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 their movement in this country is different from ours, but we need to take a cue from other people and become more self-sufficient. Yes, it was terrible what was done to us in our Holocaust, which is one of the most intense, uh, uh, terrible Holocaust in the history, the written history of man. Which but is while, now, right. Which is yeah. still continuing, yes. Exactly, which is still continuing. 
But we have got to go on and start our own process because as long as we sit back and wait for somebody else to do it, they're going to benefit from our wayward thinking and the way we are, and they'll watch us self-destruct, and they'll keep us burning for their purpose, like, like, like the embers in the fireplace, like the wood in the fireplace. Oh, the fire's going down? Put in some more wood. Keep the fire going. And they don't mean that in a righteous way. They mean it in a bad way. Keep the crime going on in the neighborhood. Go on and throw up more billboards with, with the half-naked women and, and the flashy cars. Now that God's going to want to get the women and get the car, but yeah, we, we're not giving them the jobs, and they don't have the sense enough to employ themselves. So we're going to have crime and war and jealousy within our community. We're focused on the wrong thing. To hell with a car. Get you something that you can afford if you have to have it. It's necessary in many of our cities. But we're more focused on the rims. We're more focused on, oh, I don't want that Toyota Corolla or Toyota Yaris. I've got to get a Lexus. And we wear our esteem on our sleeves, but our communities are rotting. There used to be a time we were proud of our communities where you can walk down the street and bring friends from other cultures and other neighborhoods and be proud of where you live. Who designated our neighborhoods to be the war zones that they've become? When it's the same rain raining down, the same sun shining down, the same soil that can produce great food for us in beautiful gardens. They've convinced us that that's what we are, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's in us. So when you have that thing in you, you've got to detoxify that thing out of you. But it's sweet. The poison has become sweet. The bad food has become sweet. We're not even living as long as we could. But the fast food joints and the doctors are getting rich. Isn't that something? Yeah, it, it, it really is, it, Manson. It's, it's because we continue to participate. And it was a, it was a couple of things that you said with the, the things that you can do. The, the most important thing that we mm-hmm. can do is to reach out to the person next to you. There you go. Reach out. Start. There are so many people that are listening that want to do something and they don't know how to start. But listen, that voice that Lance was 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 talking about, that's the voice then the unction of your spirit telling you to do something not for you. Do it for someone else. And then once you start doing something for someone else, you'll start there, and then that voice will resonate even more, and it will be much louder. And then you will continue to build. Start with just one person. Target one person. Use the same energy that you have as an accomplished person to get a job and to go to school and get an education that you use to be a self-sustaining universe and participate in that. That education is free. The most important thing, the only thing that you have to do, the only paying that you have to do is paying attention to that voice that's inside of you. That's the cost. That's the price. And if you listen to that, because I know everyone has that voice. When Lance talked about that voice, it was the same voice. And that voice was in me since a, a child, and I didn't. And my thing was never to suppress it, to always present the best person that I could be to some people. Did it? Did it always work? We know, 
It, it didn't, but we don't even have to give energy to that because we understand that. But my desire supersedes, and your desire has to supersede your shortcomings, okay? Your shortcomings are actually, in order for you to be a champion, you have to first learn how to properly lose, okay? Yes, yes. And that is what you need in your life to refocus and redirect when something goes wrong, it's the best thing to happen for you. So now, listen to that voice that's inside of you on what you should do in in this overall, because there's so much work that has to be done. Like Lance said, find your passion. Unmuffle that voice that's inside of you, that unction, and continue. Help someone else out. And I'm going to tell you, there's so much mental illness in this world because we run around just thinking of ourselves, and it has driven mm-hmm. you crazy because mm-hmm. you live only for yourself. A great mind thinks for the prosperity of people that they don't even know their name. Mm. Don't even know their name. So if you're wondering why someone is struggling with mental Ill- illness, because they're self-absorbed. They're self-absorbed. So start with, there There are people in in your neighborhood. One, I believe, Lance, that we need to have an exodus back into our neighborhoods. Yes. First and foremost. Two, from that, we need to come together collectively often. Because once you start... Sitting, yes, some people are going to get on your nerves and all and everything else, but you can set the culture. Once you set the culture that certain things will be accepted and certain things won't be, people will get in line. And then the people that don't, it's cool. And then what you do is that you have to support everyone in their individual direction. Stop thinking that there's safety in numbers. There is no safety in numbers because if that was the case, then God, when you were born, God would have made sure that there would have been a duplicate of you that was made. <laughs> it was perfect when it was just you. You were born alone, you live alone, and you will physically die alone. So you need to do this by yourself, regardless of what the other people do. And and once you do that, find your passion. Find your passion to give. And then that will slowly change. And the most important thing in this whole thing is you have to realize who the enemy is first. And if you realize who the enemy is, you 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 will be able to have not misguided energy but directed directed targeting. And who is the enemy? It's quite simple. It's quite simple. It's everything that the media and society pushes our children to do. I'm going to say that again. It's everything that the media and society that we live in now pushes our children to do. That's who the real enemy is. And once we come back into the fold and start having our own council meetings, when have you heard of council meetings in our neighborhood? Where have those meetings gone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, where exactly. where have our elders? One of the, one of the best things that every person can do is go to 
an, an elder establishment. Spend some time with our elders. Get some good direction, just talking to them. And come away with a plan. And start your plan. Don't forget our elders because that's the key to our society in unlocking the building that we need within our, our communities and our nation. And once that happens, watch how it will grow and how it can't be stopped because it can't be targeted. The enemy, the public enemy, number one, will be our whole nation. Right now, we're not public enemy, number one. We're not. We are human resource used as, cat, as cattle. And we have to get out and seeing, of seeing ourselves that way. Just because we grew up in a society that pushes us in these directions, hey, this is, what, this is the key to success, you, 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 you. You got to get yours. That's a plan because there is nothing for you that's sustainable when you get when you so-called reach their pinnacle. You've lost your soul. Your soul is eternal. Your soul is eternal. So, Lance, bro, we're we're, we're coming up on on the end of the yes, show, indeed. and it's just so important that we look at. And I really want you to run down how we've missed emulating the commitment that the iconic people that are in our history books, that are in our, our social media sayings and that are um that are in our in YouTube videos, that are in books, that we know the speeches, we can some some of us can can, can say the speeches, you know, <laughs> word for word, verbatim, verbatim, you know, verbatim we can we can recite it. Yes. But we can never seem to capture and, and continue to momentumize the energy that was about changing our predicament. As long as we continue to do the ceremonial things, then we will have ceremonial achievements. They won't be they won't be sustainable or or they won't really have effective effectively recreated or minimize the prosperity that we've lost. We've lost so much, it's time to stop losing. And the only way we can stop losing is for us to no longer to participate in the structure in the society that has stolen our prosperity. Yes. So, Lance, the, how do we emulate the commitment of some of the iconic figures of the past, well, our we, ancestors. We're going to have to recreate that setting. Of course, we have all the modern advancements of the you know, technological advancements of the modern world, but we're going to have to go back soul to soul at that setting. It's almost when you have a mishap with your computer and it, and it crashes or it cuts off abruptly and you try to put it back on. And one of the options is to go back to when the co- computer was functioning fully. Go back to that point. Right, we right. We have to go back to that point where we reboot. Reboot. We need to reboot ourselves. And evidently, what we're feeding on now is not giving us that energy. So we have to go back to that time and recreate everything. And again, like I said, the sense of community. We, 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 we. we there was a time when we loved each other 
more. There was a time when we had each other's back more. There was a time when we had our own music and culture, and it didn't matter uh, in the business of music that, well, that's old now. That was a month ago. If if a record, and I'm going to say it that way because I'm from that generation, if a record was hot at the house party, three years old, five years old, play it, play it again. Let's have fun. Let's love each other. Let's love on each other. You see, look, you ask anyone who might be affluent now on a financial level who came up poor, and when they often look back, they'll say, you know what, even in the struggle when we didn't have anything, when we were living in our parents' basement or in that one-room apartment that was roach-infested, we had something that we don't have now. Not that you have to go back to that, but you depended on each other more. Right. You see? And that's what we have to go back into, to see value in each other and depend on each other more. But we're going to have to open ourselves up to, to have that. We've become islands now, and no man is an island. You see? We think that, well, if I have my material goods and my stuff, to heck with you. No. We've got to depend on each other. We've got to love on each other. And we've got to reboot and go back to that time. Remember when Soul Train used to come on on a Saturday morning and we would all play Soul Train and then we'd go out to the avenue, wherever the avenue was, the shopping area afterward, and we'd get our outfit for that little house party that we were going to go to later on. And those black parties also. The black parties, yes. And those of us who were driving, you know, even if we had a hoopty, we made that hoopty look the best that it could. We'd have a guy with a luxury car. We'd have another guy with a hoopty, but they were using the same vacuum, you see. And when the guy with the luxury car said, hey, I'm finished, the vacuum's still going, here, take this. And they shared the armor all, but we had love. It wasn't about status. It was about I'm glad to see you. Back in the day, we'd see our people, and we were just glad to see them. For the day when you call me and I hear your voice, when I see your name in the phone as it rings, I can't, I jump on the phone. I, I leap toward the phone. Because right, right. I'm glad I'm glad to see my brother. What happens is not because I, I want you to send me a quick two thousand dollars in the mail or look, if you need me, I got you and I know if I need you, you yep. got me. But it's not about that. It's your energy, it's you, it's the way God made you so unique and how I appreciate you as a unique individual. We've got to go back to that time. When the hip-hop nation was all about creativity and not just money, but our nation, our community, we've got to dialogue. We've got to hurt for each other. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. If you have a cut, I'm looking in my cupboard for a Band-Aid to cover it. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, check and see if you have one. You better hit Walgreens or CVS. My resources are your resources. I got you. You don't have to worry. We need to give, share with each other, and we need to communicate. We need to hurt for each other and feel for each other and see each other. Look, if God is our father, what does that make us? We are God's children, and we are brother and sister. See? We are brothers and sisters, regardless of what country you came from, regardless of if you're old or young, light or dark, from the north or from the south speak in a different language or our language, have more money or don't have as much money. I make it a practice when I'm in the supermarket. There's a young lady or a gentleman ahead of me, 
who's short a couple of dollars, I, hey, put that back. I got you. Right. And the, right. The, the look of bewilderment on their face, like, well, what do you want from me? I don't want nothing from you. Pass it on. And it was, and then quickly, there was a lady at the doctor's office who couldn't afford her copay. At first, she was told it was $15. She thought it was 10 It was the last 10 I told her I got it. Then they found that it was 25 I said, I still got it. And in actuality, I had it, but I had to shortchange myself from something later on that I could have gone and rearranged funds. But I did this for her. And it wasn't so much that I did that for her. She was going to give me her address to get I said, no, no, pass it on. And so that seed that I planted in her, she can refer back to that time when someone stepped in and had her back and do the same. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to hold back. We need to plant these seeds of love in our community, even when it seems like it's doomed and not a good idea. Love, is, is the return investment on love is, is so huge, and we forgot that. Love, man, just love. If a pr- person has a problem, listen to them. Even if you don't have the solution either, be there with them. Say, listen, I don't know how to get out of this, but you know what? I'm going to hold your hand, and we're going to go through this together. Give me a call, brother. Give me a call, sister. That's what it's going to take again. Because you know what? It's so sad that for many of us, we showed more love on the plantation with the catch in heaven being killed than we do in the so-called free world now. What happened? What happened? And we're still on the plantation. And we're fooled to thinking that we're free. But as long as my brothers and sisters are in some kind of bondage, how free could I be? I'd be a fool to think so. So reboot, get back to love, showing each other love and communication, and we can take it from there. Wow. Yes. Thank you, Lance, for so much. Let, let me just let me just end it here. And where does it really start? It starts with us surrounding ourselves solely in ourselves. And the fight for freedom, I'm going to say it again, the fight for freedom is a fight for prosperity, and your participation is required. Everyone, in order for us to get through what has been built up for all these years, it's a very simple step. We have to walk towards each other and slowly build and, and build slowly but with great purpose from there. And I just want to thank you so much, Lance, for blessing us today, for for coming in and, and and giving the love that we that that you've given us. Once again, Lance, tell us how you know people can follow you. Where can they find you and your work and your great journalism? Where, where can they find you, Lance? Thank you. They can find me at lancescurve.com. Scurve spelled S as in Sam, C as in Cat, U as in Union, R as in Robert, and V as in Victor. LanceScurve.com, LanceScurve on Twitter, LanceScurve on YouTube, LanceScurve on Facebook, the LanceScurve app, Google Play, Amazon, and the Apple Store. My direct number, 407-924-8793. Call, but I prefer text, 407-924-8793. Call me 24 hours a day. I'm a night bird and usually stay up until the wee hours of the, of the night. Thank you so much. And it's been an honor. And I love you, Brother Dave, and I love all the listeners here. And thank you for validating my life through what I do. And I'm going to continue to be a servant of my people.
Thank you so much. Man, Lance, you know how I feel about you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show today. Uh, The show was brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. Support Black Talk Radio Network. Uh, They have great programming. Support Scotty. Support Lance. Support everyone. But most of all, remember, this is a leaderless movement to solve our collective problem. And remember, in order to be a blessing, sorry, (laughs) before you ask for a blessing, make sure that you're being a blessing. Thank you. Have a wonderful, blessed weekend. And God willing, which is the will, we will see. It's never goodbye. It's see you later. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Lance. And we will catch up a little bit later. Yes. Thank you. God bless you. Everyone, have a great weekend. Sando Radio Station will be back, God willing, next uh, on Monday with another great lineup and another great show for you. Take care. Girl, you are rich, even with nothing. And you know tenderness comes from pain. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.